0: You know me, man, I like to ride my bike, part of the Thick Boy Bike Club. And I like to ride my bike, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I listen to a little bit of music, and I'll post pictures of me riding my bike, and people are like, God, you listen to you listen to podcasts or music, and you got wires on your headphones? What are you doing, dude? Was it, 2004? Yeah, because the earbuds, the wireless ones, they don't fit this ear. My ear looks like a tortellini. My ear's are all jacked up. And then I got sent a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds, and my God, not only do I hear everything, but they don't fall out because they have the optimized gel tips. It's the perfect in-ear fit. You don't have to worry about what, how, tiny ears, big ears, cauliflower ears. They got you covered, man. Raycon's Everyday Earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. It's no wonder Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I can't get enough of them. They got noise isolation, they got the earbud tap function, awareness mode. I'm on my bike. I'm on my own world, and they don't fall on my ears, Raycon. Fantastic. Go to buyraycon.com slash shop s c h a u b today. Get fifteen percent off Raycon. All right, that's buyraycon buy r a y c o n dot com slash shop to score fifteen percent off. buyraycon.com slash shop. Oh, beautifully done.
3: We've got a new my champion. We have entered the era of John Linicker. Ah! Taking out everybody one. Now the challenges will come, but so you better believe that man's gonna be ready for them. Oh, body kick!
2: John Lineker, you are there! Fabricio is a problem in the Weight division. I am the uncroud king, and everybody
3: knows it. John Lineker touches you, he hurts you.
2: Fabrício, você é o próximo. Right through city like Brandon Shaw. I'm on a mission to get it all. Right city like Brandon Shaw. If you ain't thick, please don't get involved. now. Brandon,
0: thick boy what's up fam monday morning october 17th it is a glorious morning shout to jesus christ what is happening um yep i'm dressed like mr rogers today like a hype beast mr rogers won't you be my neighbor did mr rogers drink on the show he sure did it was just off air he was hammered 90 percent of the time he's he enjoyed his life chatting about snotty nose kids and sit, have him sit on his lap and shit in that beat down basement you know he was a sniper in the military like one of the most decorated snipers what dude was a savage <clears throat> yeah dude you didn't know that either huh mark murder yeah beast rogers the host of an international acclaimed tv show for children mr roger Neighborhood, served as a navy seal marine War. scout sniper during the vietnam ward ever heard of it with a large number of confirmed kills
1: you have to state is false, Mister Rogers never certain. Maybe that's like an urban legend. Then nah, dude, Uh-uh. that's real. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen the, the
0: um, uh, Tom uh, Tom Hanks plays Mister Rogers. You mm. haven't seen it? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's rated out, rated R. There he is. Yeah, he just blown people's heads off Vietnam. That's <laughs> yeah, the it's the extended version. You'll find it on the dark web. It's called the dark <clears throat> the dark Rogers. Mm-hmm. Dark Rogers, yeah. Uh, let's see, the we'll get started with the show after this one. Uh, Mr. Rogers was not a Navy SEAL or Scout Marine Sniper. This is a great urban legend, 21st century. Um, the rumors while well, were rumors that Mr. Rogers, the host of an internationally acclaimed TV show, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, served as a Navy SEAL Marine Scout Sniper during the Vietnam era with a large number of confirmed kills. We have to state it's false. Mr. Rogers never served in the military. After another rumor, uh, Mr. Rogers always wore, wore long sleeve clothes to conceal tattoos of all his kills. <laughs> Yeah, dude, he had, like, a skull. He had, like, you know, the hardcore... Dude, this, <laughs> this thing's full of shit. <laughs> this is NavySeals.com. Uh, <laughs> fact, the facts. This is NavySeals.com? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, maybe someone hacked their page. Yeah, uh, firstly, Mr. Rogers was born in 1928. This is at the time the UC involvement in Vietnam conf- conflict was too old to enlist in the U.S. US Navy. Um, yeah, but... V- oh, yeah, because if he was born in 28, Vietnam was, what, 72? And then, what, 75? Yeah, he's gonna be too old. Conclusion from the above the obvious reasons mentioned above, dumbass, <laughs> Mr. Rogers could have never served in the military. He was purposely choosing to wear long sleeve clothes because he had uh, KKK tattoos. Wow, interesting. <laughs> no, it didn't say that. Um, c- keep his clothes. Now he's trying to prepare. keep his clothes. His Just work. to be formal. Yeah. <sighs> Surprisingly, nobody called him Fred and he wanted to keep it that way. Interesting. His name was Frederick Rogers fred rogers
1: hmm.
0: wow the more you know dude we didn't have internet when i was a kid <laughs> you know we just didn't have internet it's like the same urban legend uh somebody in this room did acid this weekend and the first thing i said was hmm. oh my god were you worried you're gonna peel your skin off like an orange and comes out that was the urban uh legend created by the dare program Shout out to crime uh mcgruff the crime dog i think he started that um where if you there's this urban legend of a guy taking acid and he thought that he was a big juicy orange and peeled his skin off and died as you get older you think about just the logistics of that and you're like seems not realistic but i've never done acid so i'm going to stay away from it so that's also urban legend but none of that matters none of that matters because ufc 280 is here kids and uh, your boy's been so busy. Uh, you know, I look at the cards. You know, maybe the week before, or whatever. I'll, you know, I do my homework for the show and stuff like that. And you've had some, you know, fight nights or whatever. And I didn't realize that UFC 280 is the best card of the year. <laughs> Quietly, I mean that that December 10th card. If John, you know, fights Stipe there, and and they added Yeri is, is up for debate. And there's been some good cards this year, but on paper on paper from prelims the main card the ufc gave us a little treat christmas came early kids christmas forget your halloween candy this is your this is your halloween candy and it's better than candy corn kids ufc 280 is thick I i was gonna say stacked switched it it's thick dude this card is thick it's tasty it's so tasty for the first time ever, if the boys can pull it off, this is what it's like to work for me. I um, started doing my homework on UFC 280 yesterday. I'm looking into everything. I'm like, oh, my God. I am, Why am I rock hard uh, doing my homework on this card? I, your boy is rocked up the entire time because the, the card is silly, dude. The card is stupid, as the kids say. So I'm looking over it, and I'm like, man. I wish we could do a bass fight campaign for this. Oh, I'm on the road in Salt Lake City. And usually that's a bummer because, again, none of it's a bummer. Life is great, but best job in the world. But also, when you're on the road, my shows actually line up when the UFC main event starts or main card starts. So if I'm on the road I got a bunch of tours, uh, tour dates coming up, so I'm going to miss a few fights. But um, usually I'm on the road when some of these, Big pay-per-views happen, and you know it's a nightmare to pull off a fight campaign. If I'm not here, it's impossible to do. So I got the old brain working, and I thought, "Wait a second, what time is this main card start? The pay-per-view start? 11 a.m. Pacific time, which is 12 so Salt Lake City time. Well, that's way before I have to go on stage. I bet we could do for the first time ever." a Salt Lake City fight companion. I just need to get a guest on there. Because my the guys I bring on the road, the comics, you know, they, they don't know anything about fighting, nor are they interested in it. So that's not gonna work. And I thought, who else could I get? And then I remember a gentleman by the name of Franklin Mayer. Franklin. <laughs> Franklin and his buddy <laughs> Harrison, uh who's gonna make a big announcement about the fight they have coming up. But Franklin Mayer junior and Harrison said um hey we want to see you do stand-up so we're gonna fly from uh gonna fly from vegas to come to your show on saturday and then i remembered oh yeah what if franklin got there a little early i fly the boys out i'll find a studio out there because the buttery bros are out there and why don't we set up an old salt lake city fight companion for usc 280. that would be fun so the team has to figure that out. And it's Monday, <laughs> and I told them at 8 a.m. this morning. But Franklin's in. I'm in. All you guys do is get the cameras. All you do is get the streaming, good Wi-Fi, studio. But Buttery Bros are going to help me out. Shout out to Buttery Bros. They're in Salt Lake City. So get your mind right, kids. At, uh, on Saturday at noon Mountain Time, which would be 11 a.m. Pacific Time, there will be a live Salt Lake City fight companion with Frank Mare and myself. Maybe some other guests, but all you got to know is it's my thick ass and Frank Mare. My skinny, my enemies. So it's two thick boys. You got Frank Mare and myself doing a UFC 280 Salt Lake City fight companion, maybe from my hotel, maybe from my hotel room, maybe from a dope ass dude out there. The buddy bros are setting up. I don't know. Chin's going to be there. Casey's going to be there setting it up. Mark Harley's gonna be there. The whole squad's gonna be there. We're all it's it's road trip. Road trip. It's road trip time. Salt Lake City's not far. It's UFC 280. If this card wasn't so goddamn stacked, I would never bend over backwards like this. Now I say bend over, I mean text you guys to get it done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then I, I got to book the S. Still, though, it's a lot of work for everybody. Ruben's making the graphic right now. Get your mind right. Thick Boy, YouTube only, live. We're going live at 11 a.m. Pacific time for UFC 280, baby. And let's just get right into it. Shout out to San Jose. I was uh, there this past weekend. Josh Thompson came out. Had a great uh, lunch meeting. With my boy, Rich Chow. just a, a grand old time there. And uh, I love San Jose. It's actually one of my favorite cities. The new Green Room Diaries will be dropping. We should maybe get out today or tomorrow. Um, then we get another one on Thursday. I go, pretty hard. Your boy Garcetti knew some. Just a heads up. Um, shout out to San Jose, man. One of my favorite freaking clubs. But then literally my favorite club. First club to ever give me like a full on-the-road headlining weekend. I'm there this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wise guys. Salt Lake City. Shout out to Keith. Some of my favorite venues of all freaking time. Salt Lake City's always been great to me. Um, come on out, Salt Lake. I can't wait, man. I'm so crunk, and I'm I'm so excited to do these uh, the fight companion on the road. I, I, I'm not sure how many big pay-per-views are going to be like this at a, a, a noon start time, but if they are, that makes it better for me. But the fights have to be in like Dubai or some shit to pull that off, but... <laughs> Let's just get into uh, the UFC 280, man. And where do you start? First of all, for Muhammad and Sean Brady not to be on the main card hurts my feelings. Has to hurt both their feelings. Being the main event on the prelims, your boy's been there. I've been there. That means, um, you know, those tend to get more views than the pay per view because people have to pay for it, and uh, they're trying to introduce new blood into the uh, into the general audience. And Muhammad, who's been around for a hot second, he's been on Food Truck. Great guest on Food Truck. He's a savage from Chicago. Uh, he's fighting the Philadelphia badass in Sean Brady. And Sean Brady, if uh, the hardcore's are super familiar with him, but if you're just a casual, tune into this as you're driving to work, and you're like, ah, I'm not sure if I, I'm going to tune in. I'm telling you, you're going to want to tune in. Sean Brady at welterweight, and welterweight is pretty, pretty tasty. Sean Brady, I'm telling you guys, is the guy. Is the next guy. His back looks like he has a big barrel of just liver all over, just liver style, Jeffrey Dahmer style, just liver, liver, liver on it. Just just all sorts of grooves. It's like the Grand Canyon back there. He's tatted, he has a cheat on the back of his neck. That's what you're dealing with, dude. And he's Philadelphia's finest. And there's something going on in Philadelphia. It just ain't the cheesesteaks because the Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated, which nobody saw coming, even though they signed A.J. Brown all that stuff. Still, nobody's thought Jalen Hurst would be the leading candidate for MVP. So there's something going on, not only in their cheesesteaks, but also in their water because Sean Brady's undefeated at welterweight. He's getting his first big, big test with uh, Muhammad. And I'm telling you, get on the Sean Brady train now. I love Muhammad. Absolutely love Muhammad. One of my favorite guests. Such a good dude. Has a future in commentating, analyst work. His podcast is super unique, and uh, he's crushing it. Such a good, amazing fighter, too. Amazing fighter. Sean Brady's a tough matchup for him. I'm all up on Sean Brady's tatted nuts. I don't know if they're tatted, (laughs) but your boy is all up on his tatted nuts. He is a fucking savage kid. And you might as well get get on the Sean Brady train now. Already the Eagles are hot, so you might as well get on, you know, The Sean Brady train, because Eagles are popping. Sean Brady's popping. He's a handsome bastard, too. He couldn't look any more like a Philadelphian.
1: And his tats are super clean. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Mm.
0: It's such a good fight, man. Yeah, this dude's jujitsu is fucking next level. His grappling. So, you know, here's the thing about uh, Muhammad, too. Khabib's in his corner. Like he's And he came on a food truck. I think he sat on food truck or was it off there? I forget. We've done so many of them. But he came on food truck. He was telling me that he's trained with Khabib and how intense it is and how in, scary is it to train with Khabib because when you train with Khabib and you're with his team, it's so serious. He was like, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. But uh, Khabib is corning, um Muhammad in Abu Dhabi. Something to be said about that. So I'm sure he's been working with him because Brady's bread and butter is going to be choking people out. So we're gonna see if Muhammad can avoid the takedown. Uh, Muhammad's, you know, just a guy. He's a, a bit of a sleeper. He just, he. You look at his strength schedule. You look at his resume. He's a monster, dude. There's reason he's ranked so high. Um, but Sean Brady is my dark horse to be a champion in the next, I'll say, two years. Because wow, probably under that. Because he beats Muhammad. Muhammad's ranked what, Jen? Because Sean Brady's, listen, he's on a feed. He, he's been deserving a big fight for a while. And, you know, it's not the hanging out Muhammad's five. Mm-hmm. Sean Brady's eight. Yep. Sean Brady beat Wonderboy. He beat Neil. Muhammad. Yep, 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 yep. So it's off to the races. So when I say two years, you're out of your mind, Brendan. Next year, he's, <clears throat> man, it's Dude, he beats Muhammad. They'll probably jump him to five. You're looking at Gilbert Burns, Hamzat, Colby, Kamaru, Leon Edwards. Um, Sean Brady matches up very well against Hamzat. Uh, good fight against Colby. Kobe. Colby's gas tank. We haven't seen Sean Brady get pushed like that for five rounds. Colonel Usman's an inch He beat Leon Edwards. Oof, kid's going to be a problem. He's going to be in that top five for quite some time, so get familiar with him. That's just the prelims, kids. <laughs> That's just the prelims. Philadelphia and Chicago's finest, Muhammad, Sean Brady. And then for the main card, which, again, I'm doing a Salt Lake City fight campaign with Frank Mayer at 11 a.m. Pacific time on Thick Boy YouTube. But just the main, that was the, the prelim main event. So for the main card, you got, I mean, any one of these, it, two of these fights could fall out and the card's still fucking stacked. So you got uh, Darius versus Gamrot, which is a ridiculous fight. Darius is one of those guys that lightweight where he kind of falls under the same umbrella as Leon Edwards, uh, as like a John Fitch, as those guys who probably deserved a title shot about a fight or two ago, but just doesn't check the boxes in regards to the UFC's marketing plans. So by the time a guy like Darius or by the time a guy like Leon Edwards get a title shot, it's well overdue and uh they have to walk through absolute fucking fire in order to get a title shot for whatever reason the the ufc it's not that they're denying them a title shot but if you know if you look at the way they've treated like um you know you look at the way they've treated pierre uh pierre who's fighting uh izzy you look at his strength of schedule or experience in order to get a title shot you look at like a um even a uh uh, Sean O'Malley, like yeah, he's had some fights, but you look at his level of difficulty to get to Peter Jan, who's the number one, you know, guy in the world, they they have their marketing and they want certain guys to get their title shots, you know. Darius falls under that one. It's kind of Leon Edwards, the Tony Ferguson, you know, for whatever reason, they just don't check a certain box. So UFC's gonna be like, dude. Good luck. Like you know what John Fitch had to go through in order to get a title shot? Now, a lot of these guys, when they do to do get a title shot, you better take advantage of it. It's only happening once. Like you look at the fire a lot of these guys have to walk through to in order to get a title shot who aren't marketable. UFC's going, all right, you can get your chance. Hopefully you get a bump if you come champ. But if you were to lose, see ya. You're never get a title shot again. Deus kind of checks that box. He's uh his thing is though, he's exciting. they will finish people. He'll bite down his mouthpiece, which can be a detriment to his career. But, you know, he'll he'll sit there and trade shots. He's won a few performance nights, a few fight of the nights, savage on the feet, savage on the fucking ground. I know him strictly from jiu-jitsu years and years and years ago. Uh, But he's really, you know, taken off and he's doing the damn thing. Um, You know, Gamrat is – they're not doing Darius any favors here. Gamrot's not a guy – who you're gonna look good against. Gamrat's a guy where you might win, but you're gonna know you're in a fight. Gamrat is a fucking savage. You know, and there's a, there's a common theme. I'll get to it when we get to the, the main event, but there's a theme here. You have the new the new class coming up, man. You have the new class coming up and Gamrat's one of those guys. He, he's the new class. He's gonna be around for a long time. Um the 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 it's like it's like Game of Thrones. You know the older kings dying, older king being uh, you know, Charles Oliveira, who's been fighting the UFC since I think he was 20 years old. Started off 8-8, eight and eight, then won 11 in a row, which is fucking insane. So you got Charles Oliveira. You guys got like Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson. You look at the welterweight division. I'm sorry. You, you look at uh, the lightweight division. You know, older cats. If you go down, Jim, for me. Sorry. Yeah. So you look at Charles Oliveira. He's been doing for a far hot second. Dustin Poirier, hot second. Justin Gaethje, hot second. Uh, Chandler, hot second, not all in the UFC, but, you know, Bellator being fight for a hot second. Darius long in the tooth. Um, dos, dos Anjos, the longest tooth. Um, and then you look at the, the, the other cats coming up, man. And there's this, there's this going to be changing of guard and, you know, a lot of their names are tough to pronounce and it's, it's going to be, um, I just don't see the belt being defended a ton of times. You're gonna have the same five characters, these young savages, the new age coming up, but I don't see the belt being, you know, just kind of like a John Jones style or an Izzy style or Kamar Usman style, where they're holding it for a long, long time. The talent's so good. Um, but go back to the card for me, Chin. Yeah. I'll get to the mate, because it's tough because the guy who has the style to hold it for a long time is Mokchev, which we'll get to that. Uh so you have Dariush, Gamrat, take all my money. If just this fight was on the card, I'd pay for a pay-per-view the hardcore's would, the casuals won't you guys you'll figure it out gamma you're going to be all over uh dear skill on the mic you know thank uh jesus christ for giving the power to knock a guy unconscious right and i enjoy that i don't frown upon that uh so then you got another fight in peter yon sugar sean o'malley and this this is where it gets interesting because you know i'm sure people out there will say does sugar sean deserve this that's besides it doesn't matter it's happening so just accept it it's happening uh deserving is all you know it's all your perspective you know the the amount of eyeballs sugar Sean brings to the table uh, the skill set that he provides has he walked through the same fighter as peter yon absolutely not but um you know the the uh damn mark is smashing those keyboards but um <laughs> sugar she just <laughs> um, but sugar sean is a guy that is uh, uh has the capabilities to be your next superstar superstar he's already superstar and he hasn't fought in the big big fights he's already um you know as far as the younger generation goes he's their guy He's those young YouTubers and, you know, the kids who are vaping, getting tattoos and watching Euphoria. Sean O'Malley's their fighter, man. They see him not only as a fighter, they see him as a a character and a talent outside of fighting. They'll see him taking pictures with Takashi 69 and doing his thing and and his dyed hair and he's on Twitch and he's just kind of this new age where he's making more money outside of the octagon than he is in the octagon and people love him. He's a personality But don't let that rainbow smoke confuse you. The dude can fight. The dude can fight. Not only can the guy fight, but the UFC being smart here because they do need stars. Even though it's not a pay-per-view driven model anymore, they still need superstars to transcend the sport and get people to pay attention. Does Sean O'Malley check all those boxes? Yeah. Now... The day and age of um, and Chins eating a, a, a fucking hard boiled egg and um, and covered in kratom. Um, the days of like the the massive stars like a Conor McGregor, a Ronda Rousey, a Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't know if we can get to that level anymore. Where the I don't know. I I, I just don't know because the pay per view model is not the same. So I, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, but Sean O'Malley could be the the you know, the testing pool who might be able to get it done, especially if you were to beat Peter Jan. Um, that would that would get him into the into this elite status, this elite club he's been trying to get into. Uh I like the idea of him kind of skipping the line. He you know, he hasn't passed a ton of tests to deserve a fight against Peter Jan. Um, you know, he he his his last fight where he uh you know poked Pedro Munoz in the eye was an eye poke. I, I don't know, you know, it's it's up for debate. But it's not like Sean blew your ears back. You're like, that guy's gonna dominate the bantamweight division. You know, maybe he was winning on the cards. It doesn't matter. He didn't win the fight. You know, it was a no contest. Um, and then the one kind of test he had against Cheeto. Listen, Pedro and Cheeto could just be stylistic matchups that, that don't work for him. So it's tough for him to get into his groove. But when Sugar gets in his groove, man, he's fun to watch. Yeah, there's not a you know, you look at his strength of schedule, it's tough. This is college football, you know, he's probably not getting into the top four BCS bowl games if we if the season ended right now. He's not outside looking in. He's like UCLA. They're good. They're good. But you ain't run through that SEC conference, you feel me? You're not you're not playing the Tennessees, the Alabamas, the Ole Miss. You're not doing that, buddy. But UFC has hope that he's gonna be the next guy. And um, you know, does he deserve it? I don't know. That's a, that's that's not my that's not my pay grade. That's up to the UFC. But um don't get it twisted, they're not doing Sugar any favors. Peter Yan, probably the best band weight in the world, you know, probably is from top to bottom, strength of schedule, uh skill set as far as footwork, boxing, striking, wrestling. Probably the, I know I know Algermaine beat him overall though peter yan you know you beat peter yan sugar sean belongs in that club he's gonna get that uh, you know exclusive club he's always uh desired to be in you, you, you gotta walk through that fucking russian is, is peter john russian chin i think so yeah. is he just
1: straight russian <clears throat> i think so right from russia but Dudinka, dinka you're yeah we don't
0: need cry. details dude <laughs> That's Russia, baby. Yeah. It says Russia. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the effort, though, Chen. No problem. Um, you know, to, in order for Sugar Sean, in order to get a, a title shot, and trust me if he wins this fight, guaranteed 100%, cash your check now, he's fighting for a title. So, um, but you, you're you're walking through the toughest bandwagon in the world to get to that title shot. <sighs> this... I've been struggling with this all day. is about picks for the UFC 280. Really, really struggle with it. Um, I have some, you know, close ties with TJ Dillashaw is a good buddy of mine. Uh, love Sean O'Malley. He's been on the show multiple times. Love Sean O'Malley. So it's like, man, am I just picking these guys because I want them to win, you know? But when I break it down... Um, There's a few things that favor Sean O'Malley in this fight, and the UFC knows what they're doing. They're not throwing Sean O'Malley to the fucking wolves here. He can win this fight. He can win this fight. Um, It's tough to pick him to win the fight, but I'm going to do it. I I think I'm going to go on a limb here and think, even though he's an underdog, I think Sean O'Malley, the the lights can't get bright enough for him. You can't give him enough attention. He's almost like a... uh, a Conor McGregor in that aspect, or a uh, a Paul brother, where you can't get big enough. You're not going to scare them. They they do better the more lights and cameras that are on them. It's just what he was born to do. So I think we see a version of Sugar Sean that we've never seen before. I think he's been training harder than he's ever trained. I think he realizes he knows what's at stake here. Because Peter Deon loses one, he'll go back. You know, in the in the end of the queue, he'll, he'll lose a few spots in the rankings and he's going to have to build himself up, and you're going to build yourself up the hard way. It depends how you would, re- you know, if you lose by decision. That's a different story. But if you were to get, like, Wap, like, KO'd, like, destroyed, then you you realize he's probably never going to be champ, right? So I don't see that happening. I think Sugar knows what's on the line here. And, you know, for his career, you know, he has a, a kid and a girl. And, you know, for his brand, I just feel like Sugar Sean, we're going to see a version and – when you fight a guy like Peter Yawn, it brings some out of you that you weren't even aware was inside there. And I think Sugar hasn't been scared at this point. I think Pedro Munoz scared him. I don't think Cheeto scared him. These other guys haven't scared him. I think it's the first time in his life where he has to check every box. He has to get his eight hours of sleep. He has to eat right. He has to, you know, quit fuck around. Not that he is probably not on Twitch as much. I think he realized what's at stake here. Sugar Sean being younger and so talented, it's it, you know. It's, It's a little bit of a stretch to pick him, but I'm, I, there's something, I love a guy that does something special. Peter Jan's already, you know, one of the best band weights ever do it. Uh, His legacy is cemented. I just, there's something about Sugar Sean this fight. Being three rounds is an advantage for Sugar Sean. Uh, Peter Jan is a slow starter by choice. When Peter Yan comes out, you'll notice in that first, in his, you know, those first rounds, go back, you know, last fucking eight fights. That first round, He's not very active. You know, he'll he'll accept booze. He doesn't give a shit. So what he does is he downloads the data. He might throw seven jabs in the first three minutes. You're like, let's get going here, Peter. And then he downloads the data and goes to work and dominates and gets in your grill. Um, Sugar Sean will have a reach advantage here. The three rounds definitely favor Sugar Sean. Um, I'm curious what game plan Peter Jan's going to have because is he going to go, all right, I can't give away around like I've done before. I can't, I don't have three minutes to download sugar's movement and all that stuff. I'm just going to go in there, get in his face, close distance. He has a reach, not let him get fancy, do his footwork, do all this, you know, chucking and jiving. I'm going to get in his face and uh, just take that, you know, kind of in, I think he does incorporate leg kicks as, as we've seen Sean struggles with that. You know, I know Sean hates when people say, I get it, Sean, but if you're watching tape, you're probably like, well, he's not, Great at it. There, there's one chink in the armor there that we've seen with Cheeto stuff like that. It's just what it is, you know. I love you, sean but if I'm Peter Jan, my Russian team, you know, we're like, all right, dude, um probably gonna throw some leg kicks. So I think you're gonna see some leg kicks. You're gonna see some grappling by Jan in order to get Sugar Sean down. I think you guys are gonna be surprised about Sugar Sean's takedown defense. He's aware that that is a hole that people want to expose, and he's actually pretty fucking tough to take down. He's also really tall and has leverage. Um, so this fight is so intriguing to me. Besides the main event, this is the most intriguing fight on the card, just because you have a guy in Sugar who's young, and w- there's so much hope and promise. And you have a guy in Peter Yan who's an absolute fucking nightmare. And although Sh- Sugar does have some advantages, three rounds, I think, favors Sugar. His reach, his movement favors him. Um, power definitely goes Peter Jan. Wrestling, overall boxing um, and MMA, probably Peter Jan. But the outlier of Sean is it's he, going to be tough to emulate him. So Peter's probably going to lose that first round, I think. It, it depends on the game plan. I, I don't know if they're going to come rushing in, which is, you know, Sean has those knees, the jumping knees, the elbows. It, it's, it's a dicey situation. But um, this fight is so intriguing to me. And I am a huge Peter Yon fan, but um, I'm going to take Sugar Sean O'Malley on this. I know he's the dog. I think it would be so fascinating if Sugar Sean won. So fascinating. I don't want to talk about what's next for him. Let's just see if he gets through Peter Yon, Then we can uh, calibrate how he would do against these other guys. But for the UFC, their worst-case scenario would be if Peter Yon destroys Sugar Sean because he ruined you know, an up-and-coming giant superstar. And then if Jermaine Sterling destroys TJ Dillashaw, then you're gonna get a what a, what are we in our trilogy fight of Peter Jan, Al- Al-Germain, You know, be a tough sell, mm. be a tough sell. I'll tell you what sells, Sugar Sean. If here, here's how powerful Sugar Sean is, you look at Charles Oliveira, first bout Hall of Famer, Islam Makhchev, Trust me, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Jermaine Sterling, Hall of Famer. TJ Dillashaw, Hall of Famer. Peter Jan, Hall of Famer. Gary Gamrot, they're up there, you know, they're up there. If Sugar Sean pulls off a win against Peter Jan, he overshadows all of this. That's how big of a name he is. He's the talk of UFC 280. If he were to win, every headline you see, because nobody, to be honest, and it is what it is, this is isn't I don't, nobody attracts more eyeballs on this entire card than Sugar Sean O'Malley. If he were to beat the number one bantamweight in the world, Every headline you see, I don't care what the fuck happens in any other fight on this card, everything is Sugar Sean O'Malley. His talk goes, his twitch, his hair, through the roof. You have a superstar in your hands. UFC's praying to God that happens. Because Peter Jan sat. Peter Jan could lose his fight. and you know He's still going to be top three. He's a fucking savage. He's so fucking good at fighting. But he, you know, he's he's reached his he's reached his peak. He has, as far as fame wise. Now I, I don't think he's like out to pass or anything like that. He's the worst matchup for anybody possible. He can beat anybody on any given night, no matter who the fuck it is. He's a complete savage. But Sugar Sean has the potential to for the UFC to put a fucking rocket on his back, and that rocket is Rainbow, and it's going high if he beats Peter Young. I mean, the merch sales, his Twitch, his podcast. His coach gets more famous. You know, he's he's doing fucking Molly with Takashi 6'9 in Miami these days, you know, just getting wild, dude. And that's fun. Peter wins. It's like, all right, it's not as fun. I want fun. I like chaos. Sugar Sean brings rainbow chaos. So I'm picking Sugar Sean. Let's take a little break from me getting way too crunk for UFC 280 Salt Lake City. I will see you this Thursday, Friday, Saturday Wise Guys Comedy Club. That's Salt Lake City. Saturday, there will be a Salt Lake City fight campaign with myself and Frank Mayer for UFC 280 live on Think Boy YouTube. That starts at noon, Mountain Time. Come get you some Salt Lake City. I will be in your city this weekend. Next weekend, well, really, next Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Rooftop, Calgary, Canada. The first show on Thursday is almost sold out, so we added a second show on Friday. That's October 27th, 28th. I'm coming up to Canada, Calgary, eh? November, Texas heavy, San Antonio, November 3rd through the 5th, Houston, November 10th through the 12th, and I end November in Milwaukee. Go get your tickets at thickboy.com. This episode of The Shop Show is brought to you by my friends at DraftKings because UFC 280 is here and DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the UFC. And right now, customers can bet just $5 on UFC 280 and get $200 in free bets if your fighter wins. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, right now is the time. Watch the fight campaign with myself and Frank Mayer. Watch it live with us on ThickBoy YouTube. At noon, mountain time, 11 a.m. Pacific time, watch it. Make some bank betting with DraftKings, all right? You want more action? Cool. You can also double your winnings on a same-game parlay. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, how long will the fight last, and so much more. Charles Oliveira, Mokchev, if you want to make some bank, bet on the dog. Charles Oliveira, bet on him and parlay it, him getting it done uh, and not going to the scorecards. Him get it done under five rounds, that's my bet of the frickin' Saturday fight card. Everyone who wants to boost their winnings, place a UFC 280 same-game parlay today. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code SHOBSHOW, that's S-C-H-A-U-B-SHOW. Throw down $5 on UFC 280 and get $200 in free bets. If your fighter wins, that's code SHOBSHOW this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of the UFC. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. DraftKings. You know me, man. I like to ride my bike. Part of the Thick Boy Bike Club. I like to ride my bike. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a little bit of music. And I'll post pictures of me riding my bike. And people are like, God, you listen to... You listen to podcasts or music and you got wires on your headphones. What are you doing, dude? Was it 2004? Yeah, because the earbuds, the wireless ones, they don't fit this ear. My ear looks like a tortellini. My ear's all jacked up. And then I got sent a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds. And my God, not only do I hear everything, but they don't fall out because they have the optimized gel tips. It's the perfect in-ear fit. You don't have to worry about what have you, tiny ears, big ears, cauliflowers. They got you covered, man. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. Also, Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime, a 32-hour battery life. Raycons, they're, you're what, are, what are these, $3 million? No, dude. You get Raycons, the quality auto at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons' everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I can't get enough of them. They got noise isolation, they got the earbud tap function, awareness mode. I'm on my bike, I'm on my own world, and they don't fall on my ears. Raycon, fantastic. Go to buyraycon.com slash shop, S-C-H-A-U-B. Today, get 15% off Raycon. All right, that's buyraycon, buy, R-A-Y-C-O-N, buy, R-A-Y-C-O-N .com slash shop to score 15% off, com slash shop. Komen Event, Yeah, Al Jermaine Sterling, TJ Dillashaw. Uh, this is interesting. I would say these are two of the, these are two, How do I want to say this. I would say these are two of the fighters on the UFC roster who are at their level who get the most take. Al for whatever reason, right, that Peter John fight where he couldn't continue fighting and just some of the antics he's done. And then TJ Dillashaw, you know, for the EPO and Mm -hmm. then took two years off. But my thing is, if you're going to hate on TJ for that, did he not pay the price in the middle of his prime? He was, You know, he couldn't work for two years. Do we not forgive people? Is there no redemption story? Also, TJ Dillashaw, he owned it, worked his ass off. UFC didn't do him any favors. Two years off from fighting. And I know a lot of fighters like, oh, that ring rust isn't real. Fuck off, dude. Two years not competing in the UFC. And it's not like a fun two years. Two years depressed. You got wife. You got a fucking kids. You're, you know You're still training, but you're not fighting. You're not getting paid. There's going to be some depression. There's some low points. Two years off. His first fight after two years off. They give him Cody, or I'm sorry, Corey Sandhagen, the Sandman. Guys ranked top three in the world. After two years, the fight before that wasn't even in his goddamn weight class. So really, it's three years before he fought in his fucking weight class, dude. It's nuts. Insane. UFC goes, cool, dude. Here's Corey Sandhagen. Jesus Christ. Now, some people go, ah, he didn't beat him. I I disagree with you guys and also doesn't matter what you think the judges and the state of las vegas athletic commission thought he won and that's all that matters so he didn't beat court. cool he did and now he's fighting for the title think uh, to me you know at some point you there there's the thing what makes America special is redemption stories. We all were, none of us are flawless. Everybody fucks up in whatever capacity. Some stuff is unforgivable murder, touch a kid. There's some stuff we, there's some stuff we just can't forgive. PDs, other bad mistakes. A lot of us can relate to some of these bad mistakes. That fighters or personalities or celebrities have done since. When do we just write people off for mistakes? Because if you're that person on the top of the mountain going, oh, he, he should never be able to fight. You, hold on. You've never made a mistake? And would you want to be voted off the island forever and not be able to work? That's not how we work. If he learned from his mistake, worked his ass off, came back, now he's fighting for a title shot? You're telling me the UFC couldn't use this as a narrative to show a guy that made an awful mistake? PDs is very prevalent in this business. And I know you guys want to make T.J. Dillshaw the poster boy of it. Trust me, the guys that he was fighting were also on some shit too. It's just the nature of the business. Your favorite fighter has probably compromised in some way along the lines. I'm not saying they did EPO. A lot of them have. A lot of guys that you're wearing their bullshit Reebok fight kit, all that stuff, a lot of them have dabbled in PDs. The odds are on my side on that. Your favorite NFL quarterback that you think is God's gift to the world, has probably dabbled in PEDs. Hate to ruin your Monday. (laughs) Your favorite basketball player? probably in PEDs. Who gives a shit? It's part of the sport. Now, TJ got caught. Boy, did he get caught, right? Paid the price for it. No, he didn't get caught, but he gets fucked up by Henry Cejudo. Paid the price for it. Took two years off from working. His job couldn't work for two. All you listen to this right now, it's not like TJ's, Tom Cruise or Will Smith. Like Will Smith fucked up. Jesus Christ, Will Smith fucked up. Will Smith slapped a guy on live TV at the Oscars. Horrible mistake, Will. But guess what? They could vote Will off the island like it's Survivor, and he still has five hundred million, probably more, in the bank because he did Bad Boys Nine or whatever the fuck he's on. It's Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He doesn't give a shit. He's fine. TJ Dillashaw. Not fine. Your favorite athlete, probably not fine if it's two years from not making any income. It's not cool. So not only did TJ get caught in the embarrassment and the, you know, kind of the the scarlet letter on his, you know, career, all good. Two years off, man. He served his time. He served his time. He came back. UFC didn't do him any favors. They threw him Corey Sanhagen. Nightmare of a matchup. He beats him. You don't think he beat him? All good. Don't give a shit. The commission, the judges, they beat him. It's very black and white. I thought he beat him. So now he's fighting after two years off, after all this ridicule. He's fighting for a fucking weight title of the world. How is that not inspiring to anybody? If you can't take some motivation from that, your glass is half fucking empty, and you're probably leaving YouTube comments and making a profile on Reddit right now. This is an inspiring story. Oh, but he... Stop, dude. Everybody makes mistakes. Move on. He's one of the best bantam weights to ever do it. And he is a complete fucking savage. Nobody wants it more than TJ Dillashaw. Here's the other thing why I should root for TJ Dillashaw served his time, took the black guy, literally. Two years off, no income, wife, kids, had another baby. Comes back, fights Corey Sanhagen, who's ranked number two or whatever in the world, beats him, right? He's not young. This is it. TJ will never be here again. Al Jermaine's still fairly young. Al going to be fine if he loses this. TJ, this is it. This is your closing call, my man. This is it. He's worked his entire fucking career for this moment, man. It's, it's inspiring to me. That's why you should root for TJ. America's the land of second chances. Your favorite movie. It's about the guy falling on hard times, coming back. Get, you know, Rocky, for God's sakes. Fucking Vince Papali. Heard he was an asshole. But Vince Papali, invisible. Philadelphia Eagles, they're hot right now. You know, everybody likes a comeback story. TJ is a comeback story, no matter how you look at it. The caveat with that, though, him being this comeback story, he's only fought twice in three years. That's a problem. That's a problem. That worries me. He didn't look fun. He He did enough to beat Corey Sanhagen, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like to argue for the people like he didn't beat him. I'll give you. It wasn't easy. And it's up for debate. Sure, it's up for debate. But the point is why I won't even entertain it because it doesn't matter. The judges, the Nevada Athletic Commission gave it to TJ Dillashaw. That's it. Move on. And Corey Sanhagen is my fucking guy. I love him, man. No one gets to 16. I love him. I thought TJ won that fight. I thought Corey gave him his back too much. It's a horrible look in the judge's eyes. Point is, though, TJ hasn't been that active. And now he's here. and It's a comeback story. Al going to be fine. It's a very tough matchup for TJ. I do think TJ gets it done. I hope TJ gets it done. This is the last go-around for TJ Dillashaw. At his age, the way he trains, he goes hard, man. Coming off that injury, crazy injury, too. That's the other thing, yeah. coming off the injury. Great point, Chin. Thank you. Another injured root for the guy. Mm-hmm. We've all been injured. Even if you're not a professional, you've been injured. Maybe you've had a surgery. You guys know how much that sucks to come back from. The guy coming off an injury, dude. Remember, he beat Corey Sanhagen on one leg. One leg, dude. You know, I talk about uh all the time, like, a Mamba mentality, stuff like that. Dude, TJ has that. TJ, dude, is he's... It's rare I say this about fighters, but so I'm Peter Yan being Russian. I'm sure he's down. There's a few fighters who are straight up willing to die in there. Josh Barnett, famous for saying that. I was more well known by throwing the. T- as soon as you see me in trouble, you throw that fucking towel. I got <laughs> shit to do. I'm not Russian. I'm not T.J. Dillashaw. I got sh- I'm trying to do stand up comedy. I don't want to die in here. It mm-hmm. would be tragic. This is not my calling card. It's T.J.'s calling card. It's Peter Yan's calling card. It's Islam Makhchuk's Colin Card, Charles Oliver's calling Card. This is what they do. Those guys are willing to die in there. TJ takes it to another level. He's obsessed with it. TJ's a guy. A little story about TJ. We had the same uh, coach, and TJ still uses him. His name's Lister Bowling. I've talked about Lester If you listen to the show since it was Big Brown Breakdown, you've heard Lister Bowling's name mentioned a few times. Lister Bowling, was, he was a, he's a Colorado high school wrestling legend undefeated uh then he went to uh, i forget the name of the school but he was uh on the same wrestling team with ben henderson ben was younger than him he's undefe- like, on you know, whatever they in high school 300 now whatever the fuck his son's a beast right and uh he comes from a family of wrestlers his dad was wrestlers kids are wrestlers his uncles are wrestlers all they fucking knew is wrestling he looks like a fucking a spark plug with two eyes. He looks like a fucking fire hydrant that somebody put white face on and a few warts and he is filled with <laughs> piss warts. and vinegar. There we are. Yeah. He's filled with piss and vinegar and he's the toughest son of a bitch, you know. If you if you're in trouble you want Lester Bowling in your fucking foxhole. I hate him wearing that hat. And I also,
1: <laughs> I was just at it,
0: that was the night that I knocked out Chris <laughs> Tushesher and Shane fought Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. Shane lost. That's why he's so depressed there. I'm pretty crunk because I won 58. Uh-huh. Or I'm sorry. I won a minute six. And on the elevator going up after the knockout, I'm on the elevator with uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Yeah, huh? He's telling me he's a fan all this shit. Nice. That was pretty cool. I looked down he had uh, platform heels on. Whatever. Um, so uh, back to Lester Bowling. So, he was a coach at, uh, he would help the University of Northern Colorado team out. Shane had a relationship with him because Shane lived in Greeley. So, I was allowed to go to the University of Northern Colorado and do the wrestling program. So, I was wrestling with like the heavyweights and the light in the middleweight. So, that was my introduction to wrestling. So, I'm there. That's right before. Yep, there's Shano. um, So, once me and Shane started doing that, then we, uh, you know, we started at high altitude. We started at grudge. Then all the grudge guys start coming up and high altitude guys. So you got Rashad Evans in there and there's a great picture of Rashad Evans' son and Lisa Bowling's son who both wrestle and they're like four <laughs> and they're just like dead serious getting after it in front of each other. It's one of my favorite pictures. But um, once people realize who Lister Bowling was and the, his knowledge on wrestling, then GSP started to use Lister Bowling. And then you got fucking the who's who using Lisa Bowling. They're flying him out to Greg Jackson's and... You know, he's this guy, and he, he he's a guy who I always appreciate. He didn't want fame. He didn't want to be the pictures. He just wanted to do the work. He helps Neil Magny out. He's the one that got Justin Gaethje into MMA. Justin Gaethje was a all-American wrestler at University of Northern Colorado, and he wanted to get into MMA. Leaster introduced him to Trevor. The rest is history. Justin Gaethje's a multiple-time world champion, one of the biggest names in the UFC. So, yeah, Nate Marquardt's using him. He, he's working with fucking everybody, is the point. Um, So, Leester Bowling takes on T.J. Dillashaw. They they click because they're both insane. They're both out of their minds. All they give a fuck is about like breaking people. It's literally that all they want to do is break people. It's insane, insane. Um, so T.J. and uh, Leester Bowling have the same mindset that Kobe break you at all costs, win at all costs mentality. They become like peanut butter and jelly. T.J. so drawn to Leester Bowling and the way he works and. uh, Leaster Bowling opens up his own college like wrestling camp for his kids and has a whole kids massive kids camp builds it on his like fucking ranch. TJ Dillashaw getting ready for the Corey Sanders fight in this fight. TJ has money, right? TJ won the fight. He has some sponsors. He's a smart businessman now. He has a, he has like a juice truck that we've used on the show. We had TJ on. He can come back after this fight and probably do the juice truck, which I'm starving all day by pretend school. But um, TJ is such a fucking sociopath when it comes to fighting. He leaves his wife and kids and he sleeps in the wrestling room. It's not a nice wrestling room. It's okay. It's a wrestling room. We've all been there. There's staff everywhere. He sleeps on a sleeping bag in the bunk beds during camp to get get his mindset uncomfortable to get ready for these fights. That's what you're dealing with. That's a comeback story. That guy is willing to do whatever it takes to win this fight. I don't know if Algermaine Sterling is willing to do that. Now you can turn TJ's lights off. A knee, you get his back. Algermaine's fantastic on the back. He's explosive. If you don't land something like that, I'm telling you, TJ is willing to go places you're not willing to go. The the amount of the amount of I don't want to say hate or animosity. I don't know what you would call it. The amount of drive that TJ Dilshaw has. Very few athletes have in all sports. Kobe had it. Jordan had it. They're all assholes. DJ's not going to win any nice guy awards. With his friends, he is. With his family, he's the fucking best. Training partner, stuff like that, he's going to be tough, man. Because he has one goal only, and that's to be the very, very fucking best. And he'll do whatever it takes to be the best. Literally whatever. He's willing to go places. I'd be willing to bet two other guys on the card are willing to go. And their name's Islam and Peter Yan, and they're not American. TJ has their mindset plus 10. He's a savage. This is his time and the thing. This is why I feel so much pressure about this. It's his last time. He's a comeback story. If you don't view TJ Dillshaw as a comeback story, you're a hater. You ain't shit. TJ's earned this. TJ's walked through the fire. TJ's taken all the criticism. He owns all that. He paid his dues. Move on. Even Al Jermaine, oh, he's still using stuff. Come on, dude. You got, you got to do better than that. Now, now Al Jermaine, you're going to talk that shit. Now, you got to fight the guy, and good luck. And I like Al Jermaine as a person. Al fantastic. He's been on food truck. He's fantastic. Al Jermaine is a good human, a fantastic fucking fighter. He's your fucking world champion. I'm taking TJ Dillashaw. I'm taking TJ via decision. Now we're just getting to the main event. That's how good this fucking fight is. <laughs> That's a long round of TJ. Hopefully, I sold some of you on rooting for TJ. I know people want to hate on TJ and Al Jermaine. You're looking at your perspectives completely off. You're just off, man. TJ paid his dues. Move the fuck on. The main event, Charles Oliveira, Islam Akjaf. I've struggled with this for about four weeks on today's show, picking a fight for this. Part of me went, maybe I'm not going to pick this time. You can't do that, dude. Like, oh, What are you fucking oh now you're a real journalist nope so i gotta pick but i also don't want to piss anybody off but also i have no ties to charles or islam at all so i can pick this one but i go back and forth part of the problem is the person i know that knows islam much of the most is josh thompson i was just in san jose josh comes to the show he's waiting in line in the mean green i'm like you don't have to wait. get up here dude i got and he goes oh what do you I, hold on like we gotta get because there's a line real quick how does Islam beat Charles? And Josh, to be fair, had a few drinks, but still knows his shit. Remember, he's the captain of AK. He's been with Islam since he first came in. And he goes, how you, how, how, how's Charles beat him? I go, where do I start, Josh? He's more dangerous in every capacity of mixed martial arts. You tell me where Islam's better. Wrestling, I'll give you that. Outside wrestling, submissions off the back, submissions on the top, and uh, transitions, Charles, the, and it's noted, the best ever do it. Most submission bonuses of all time. Savage. He's great off his back, great on top, transitions. Even when the guys take him down, he's going to get your neck. You have a fucking million reasons to worry about that guy if you're trying to take him down. Check, Charles Oliveira. On the feet, Charles Oliveira. More dangerous, better striking. Strength of schedule. Look what Charles Oliveira's done in the last 18 fucking months, dude. Look at the people he's... What? Excuse me? This dude. Look at this. This dude in his last. Let's just do last one, two, three, four, five. Let's go over his last six. This is where it gets fun for us. This is Charles Oliveira's last six fights. You tell me if any of these names ring a bell. Kevin Lee. And this is 2020, Kevin Lee, savage. He beat him, guillotine choke, submission, performance of the night. He missed weight, all good performance of the night. Next fight was against Tony Ferguson, December 2020. Then he fought Michael Chandler. Ever heard of him? Michael Chandler, he TKO's him in the second round. Survived an onslaught. First round could have been 10-8. That was a prime Michael Chandler Chandler made some mistakes in that, but still, Charles LaRue, fucking TKO knocks out Michael Chandler. Then he fights Dustin Poirier. Fought Dustin Poirier. Beat him. Rear naked choke. I don't say it was easy to fight, but he beat him. Then he give him Justin Gaethje, which I thought was a bad matchup for him. He starts just, uh, Justin Gaethje. Gets his back, chokes him out. So he's choked out. Kevin Lee, Dustin Poirier, black belt, and Justin Gaethje. Out of those last uh, one, two, three, four, five fights, one, two, three, four, five, those five, uh, three out of those five are ranked in the top three at the time. He didn't beat them by decision. He's finishing them. That's Charles Oliver, the ultimate finisher. So when you look at strength of schedule, and that's why I go back and forth on it, it's like, all right, Charles Oliver is more dangerous than every fucking capacity of mixed martial arts. But to argue for Islam Akachev, Islam is a guy who we've been told how good he is. Javier Mendez, who nothing but the utmost respect for in the world, is a you know world-class coach. He says he's the best lightweight ever. Okay, there's some hype there. Khabib tells us he's the next champ. Khabib knows a thing or two about fighting. Khabib's, you know, arguably the greatest lightweight to ever do it. That's his guy. They came up together. They trained together. Okay, but that's also hype there, right? Josh Thompson, dude. Never seen this guy lose a round in training. You see what he does with this guy. He tells me all the war stories, which I love. He gets me rock hard. He tells me all this crazy shit about Islam, how much of a badass he is. Cool, got it. I haven't seen any of them. You guys tell me. I haven't seen any of it. None of it. None of it. I haven't seen any of it. His best win, Drew Dober's a good win. Drew Dober's dangerous, but good matchup for him. Thiago Thiago Moses. Thiago Moses, okay. Dan Hooker, tough character. Tough guy, bad match for Dan Hooker. Bobby Green, short notice. All right. So his best win is probably over... Shit. Dan Hooker? Mm-hmm. That's a good win. You know, so strength is scheduled. So if you believe the hype, you think Mokchev's going to win this fight. Vegas believes the hype. I will argue for Mark Jeff here for you guys if you think about putting money on this fight. The one knock on Charles Oliveira, even though he is, you know, he's the champion. He the best weight, but we all know he's the champion. Even though he's the champion, the knock on Charles Olovera is he does get hit. He does take punishment. You look at all those fights that I mentioned, the Gaethje, the Dustin Poirier, the Chandler fight. Uh, besides Tony Ferguson, he was in a ton of trouble. But you look at his career, especially early on, if the Paul Felder was vicious. Um, you know, he takes f- some, some hits, man. He, he's a guy who takes chances and, and, and will get hit um So that's worrisome because remember he's been fighting since he was 20 years old. You know, it's the Max Holloway fight. You know, the, you know Cup Swanson fight. He got knocked out in uh, Don Cerrone, TKO'd him. Early in his career, I don't care too much about that. But my point is, is he's not young. Father time is going to come fairly soon. He's on the last leg of his career. It's been a fucking phenomenal career. To win 11 is insane, especially at this level. It's going to come. I don't know if it comes this Saturday afternoon, more than a Salt Lake fight campaign at 11 a.m. Uh, mountain time. I don't know if it's going to come then. It's going to come. But the point is, is Charles Oliveira, and one of the reasons we love him, and the one of the reasons he gets so many finishes is because he takes chances. Islam Makhachev, after getting KO'd in the UFC a hot second ago, takes no chances. He got knocked out seven years ago. Islam Makhachev takes zero chances, zero risk. He does whatever it takes to win the fight. Even if it's boring, he's going to win that fight. Now, if you give up some sort of thing, if you're not that versed on the ground, he's going to submit you. But he's not a Khabib style where he's going to break the fuck out of you and make it miserable where you want out and you're going to quit. He's, He's not there yet. The issue with that is if you're a Charles Oliveira fan, and this is why I struggle with picking who's going to win this fight, is because Makachev doesn't really give anybody openings to take advantage and finish the fight anymore. He's going to go in and do exactly what he needs to do to win the fight. All he cares about is being champ. Well, that's laying on Charles Oliveira for five rounds and for 25 minutes he does not care, just wants to be champ. That's tough, man, when a guy has that skill set and he knows he's dealing with a guy who's a complete savage and can put you out in any point of the fight, you're not going to see a lot of risks taken by Makachev. He's the safe route. He's the safe route. He's the safe bet. But there's something about Charles Oliveira that throws those Hail Marys at any given time. And I do think Makachev's going to get him down. Guarantee gets him down. Would bet my last fucking dollar gets him down. But when you take Charles Oliveira down, you got to worry about a significant amount of other things that you don't with other guys. It, your neck, even if you think it's in the right place, it's not in the right place. In the transition, if you don't get him and control him, those transitions, he's getting to shit that you're not preparing for. He's getting to that neck. He's getting the darses and the arm triangles and shit you, you haven't seen yet. He's the best in the world at it. So Islam knows this, you know? So it's just how much... Is Islam willing to go through to to you know to make it entertaining? I don't think he gives a shit about entertaining you guys, which is why he's not. uh, We all want since Khabib retired. All this is his best friend though, and Khabib says he's the next big thing. I get that he's not Khabib. Khabib's a special dude. Khabib also was a beast on the mic. Islam hates interviews. Islam hates the bright lights. The lights will never be brighter ever in his career than come Saturday night in Abu Dhabi. Those lights are bright as fuck when you're fighting for the light lightweight title of the world and you're facing Charles Oliveira, who's one of the best to ever to do it. So, for Islam, there's some pressure because your coach said you're the best of all time and you sure as fuck don't have the resume to prove it. Khabib says you're the best of all time. Josh Thompson says you're the best of all time. This is MMA royalty at its highest, crowning you champ before you even champ. Ton of pressure on him. The guy hasn't had this type of pressure. I know, and I won't say who it is, told me the only thing Islam needs to work on is showing up when the lights are brightest. He's not used to that yet. We haven't seen his full potential because he hasn't fought in those big moment fights. So how is he going to fight against a guy named Charles Oliveira? Because if you if you're even take one, one second, you take your eye off the price for one second, Charles Oliveira is going to get your neck or he's going to throw an elbow and that fight's over. Can Islam do that for 25 minutes? Vegas thinks he can. Khabib thinks he can. His coach thinks he can. Most of the media thinks he can. I don't think so. I don't think so. 25 minutes in there with Charles Oliveira, I feel pretty confident he's the most dangerous guy inside that octagon of all time. The bonuses prove that as well. we we'll back that up. I think for 25 minutes, you're going to fight safe. It's going to be a tough night in the office for you. I think even if you get Charles Oliveira down, He's going to be so dangerous off his back. Islam's not going to want to be down there. And then they're going to be forced to be on their feet. And that's where Charles Oliver excels and has more tools in his chamber to get this fight out of there. Now, if this fight is a decision, hands down, just walk away from the TV. Islam won. If this goes to the judges. Charles ain't beating him via decision. Charles can get taken down multiple, multiple fucking times. I guarantee fucking you. Unless he gets starts in the first few minutes. I don't see that happening. But I just, I've, I've second-guessed Charles Oliveira for too long. Even though he's my dark horse, you remember this, Jen, for years I've said, e, Charles is the dark horse. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a champion. Like, he can do it all if he has the right mindset. My only caveat with Charles Oliveira for the longest time, and boy, was I wrong. He proved me wrong. I said, he has quit in him. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see a guy quit, there's no way to come back from that. He proved me wrong. I don't know what if you saw a mental coach, one of the just or just confidence from knocking these great fighters out. The, the quit is not in there in him anymore. He would have quit against Michael Chandler. He would have quit against some of these other guys. That's gone. Now you just have this savage who has all the confidence in the world. And he's the most dangerous guy from the floor to the feet to ever compete in the Outgun. The bonuses back that statement up. And you're locked in there for 25 minutes. It's tough for me to pick against Charles Oliveira. It's tough. I don't know how long he's going to be champ. Here's the thing: with Charles style and with Father Time coming, you know, maybe another year. It's going to be tough. Islam does have the style, even though this younger. In the in the tides turn, I like you started this whole rant before i started the pod or i'm sorry in the beginning of the pod of how the tide's turning the the these legends in the lightweight division across the board in the ufc these legends are slowly going out to pasture and this new wave of fucking monsters is coming and at lightweight it is heavy it is packed with names that are hard to pronounce <laughs> Gamrot is a fucking savage, dude. Gamrot on any given day could beat Charles Lover at Islam. He's a savage. Islam does have the style where he could hold on to the belt for quite some time if he plays it safe. You're not gonna win any fans over, but he does have that style and the ability to hold on to the belt for two or three fights. But I don't I sure as fuck don't see it with these younger guys coming up and the skill set they have, him holding it for like uh, a Kamar Usman style. Rain or uh Izzy style rain or John Jones rain that's not happening at light at lightweight. I guarantee it's not happening these this younger generation are fucking savages He has the style to do that, but there's no way it's gonna happen so overall, my picks um for u f c two eighty will be Sean Brady. Muhammad, you know I fucking love you. Uh, Sean Brady, Philly's finest. It's tough to pick against him the Eagles right now. So I'm just going based off the Eagles doing their damn thing, and Sean Brady's such a savage. He's been my underdog dark horse in the welterweight division. He's going to be fight for a title next year. I guarantee you. I take Sean Brady via submission. I will take, uh, I hate to do this, I'll take Gamrot. I'll take Gamrot via decision. I'll take Sugar Sean O'Malley. I'll take TJ Dillashaw and Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira by finish. I don't know what round. I have no idea when he pulls it off. I think he's going to be down on the scorecards and he's going to pull it off. Uh, He's going to have to walk through some fucking tough, tough fire to pull this off. But 25 minutes, most dangerous guy to ever do it. Knees, elbows, submissions, punches, kicks. I'll take my chance with Charles Oliveira. I think Charles Lover gets it done via decision. That'd be my bet if I was gonna parlay it. Charles wins via, you know, finish. Um, if it goes to judges, it's Islam by landslide. Uh, like I said, Charles decision. I'm sorry, Charles finish uh, under five rounds. TJ Dillashaw, I'll probably say via finish five rounds. I think TJ finished Aljamain um, Sugar Sean. Best bet would be decision. I could see him get a finish with a knee or something because he does have the reach, and Peter Yan, I think is going to incorporate wrestling wrestling, and then Gamrat via decision. Sean Brady via submission. Those are my picks for UFC 280. That was fucking tough to pick. <laughs> tough card. Great card. Such a good card. Like I told you guys earlier, we're doing a – I want to call it Calabas Fight Command, but it's nowhere near Calabasas. We should call it the Mormon Companion. It's uh, the Salt Lake City Fight Companion. And that will be with me and Frank Mayer, plus some other guests. That is live, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. That will be 12 uh, Pacific Time, live on Thick Boy YouTube. Come watch this amazing card with me. It's going to be grand old time. Me and Frank are some chatty Cathy's. 11 Pacific, right? 11 Pacific. Yeah, my bad. 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That would be 12 Mountain Time. Okay. Which is Mormon Time. (laughs) Enjoy the fights, man. I'm been this excited for a fight, top to bottom, in a hot fucking second. Stacked. I could have done a four hour podcast breaking down the prelims. I'm told not to do that anymore. There's some phenomenal fights and so many names we can't pronounce on here. And boy, does uh, Bruce Buffer have his work cut out for him. You read some of those names, like Jesus Christ, Bruce. Good luck, buddy. Enjoy that, Magomed Mustafiev. Yam- Yamato Nishikawa. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Not bad at all. That Cry Live Ozdemir, take my fucking money. Mahmud and uh <laughs> Barallo, fantastic fight. It's just it's, there's so many good fights on here. So many good fights. Let's do some current events, too.
1: We also have that one on Amazon Prime Video 3. Man. Lineker. Fight Remember? World is popping. Badass John Linaker, knockout artist yes
0: you got a great uh fight and that's on friday i believe a saturday is it saturday yeah, uh, so. friday in singapore here right. it says or it's actually in two different uh, ones
1: so you have friday well uh it, yeah it's friday i think well 8 p.m on 20th on the 21st is friday 8 p.m edt and october october 22nd which is saturday 8 a.m sgt so
0: yeah. so that may if it's 8 a.m sgt he, that means it's, it's prime time for us if it's on uh, Amazon mm. Prime. Prime time for us being in in North America, right? Gotcha. Uh, it's a great card though. You got John Lineker who's just doing work, defending his belt against Fabricio Andrade. Andrade is a uh, he's also a knockout artist, so we'll see. We'll see if he can deliver, man. But his stars are a booming. I'm most excited for the guy who just won ADCC. He just won the submission grappling world title, and uh, it's, again, one championship setting the standard, man. You have a straight-up submission grappling world title on a big-ass event on Amazon Prime. You get your boy, Cade, and he's competing for the second time ever on one championship for the world title, and you would know him because he just destroyed the Abu Dhabi Combat Championships ADCC. So get, go get your sum. you some, and they also got the twenty-year-old. Uh, this, this, she's such a badass. Uh, California, you guys would know her, uh, uh, Leah Bivens. She won the. Uh, she's been in the headlines here because she won the Colorado State uh, Wrestling, California State, yeah, California State Wrestling Championship. Um, one is banking on this youngster at twenty to be the next American star. So there's a lot of fun storylines there. You got that jiu-jitsu phenom in Cade coming off his. Championship on ADCC. You also got John Lineker who went over to one championship, left the UFC and is just on fire. he has got a title that's savage. There. And that's uh one championship's third card on Amazon Prime. And uh go get you some, man. It's gonna be a fun one. Stack this week, man. Oh yeah. You got that and two eighty, take mm-hmm. all my money. <laughs> Thanks, Amazon. Thanks, one championship.
1: So over the weekend, Deontay Wilder. KO'd his opponent. Um, his his name is Hellenius and I guess they were sparring partners before. I don't know if you saw his post fight press conference, but I it saw
0: was, I saw uh, just a picture of him like crying. But th- what's weird mm-hmm. is uh it was like a it, it wasn't
1: like a huge shot. I thought it was a left, but then if you, when I slow down, it's a right, it down, The it's left, a right. like, yeah, like yeah, almost
0: like this. Then it's just like a, yep. But it, the a certain angle looks pretty flush.
1: Yeah, yeah, but this one's it was kind of hard to tell. You'll see.
0: This, this
1: is the first round, too, right? Mm-hmm. Boom! I mean, out cold. Yeah. Out, out. Out cold. And then, Deontay, during the press conference, um, he was... Well, let me just play this clip for you, because I think it's pretty oh, yeah. powerful.
3: Um, but, you know, my heart goes out to him, and I hope he's doing okay. He can be able to go back to his family, because... This is a tough business that we're in. The toughest. This is why I tell people, you got to respect all fighters. You know, people always go about worrying about records and all and, oh, this. He lost or oh, he's a bum and all that. Well, you get your bum ass in there, then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's see who's the bum, really. Because you don't play this. You can't play this. So we, d- we demand respect at all times. Every fighter that stepping in the ring. I don't care what the record is. I don't care who they are or where they come from. It demands respect, because if not, then you see things like that happen. And then all we were, oh, that's a good, night. yeah, that's a great knockout, it's devastating, making history and stuff like that, but how much that man gonna suffer? He may be all right right now, a little bit, but what about the next day? What about?
0: About well, five years.
3: Two weeks from now, what about a month from now, maybe years from now? And we seeing what happened, Look at, look at, look at Cologne.
1: Talking about Richard Cologne.
3: Richard Cologne, that's Richard Cologne. Correct. This man ain't have no kids. (laughs) (laughs) They don't understand, man. Y'all don't fucking understand what we go through, man. And I don't even know him like that. But I always be an advocate for us because... uh, This man would never know what it feel like to be somebody's father. And that's some of the precious thing in the world to be somebody's father. Mm -hmm. But he'll never be nobody's father, man. This man will never have a natural childhood ability of, 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 of living again because he got in the ring to support his family. But now... His family gotta take care of him for the rest of his life. He might, he probably would have been he probably would have the breadwinner of his family. And now they looking seeking for help and shit like that. I can say so much about
0: it, Which his Which is get off of him, but yeah. <laughs> Which his buddy's back up a
1: little bit. So I had looked into that Pritchard uh, Colon guy. He's like he was undefeated, killer, and then his last fight, he got brain damage. And wow. he's, he's in a vegetative state so right one now.
0: One of the most exciting prospects in boxing, the Puerto Rican uh, Pritchard Colon lost for the first time in his professional career. However, the blows he received in the fight caused him damn brain damage and left him in a vegetative yeah. state. Jesus Christ. Like,
1: this was his record. Just that one fight. Wow. Yeah. It's, so it's that's what yeah, Deontay was referencing.
0: No, I mean, Deontay's 100% right. Deontay's like such a good person, too. Such, <laughs> yeah, such, such a good guy. Yeah, such such a good guy. Such a sweet guy. Now, for him to kind of bring this back full circle and not make it so sad uh for deontay wilder he needed this win so now you're talking about like a ruiz fight which would be fun um i know he's calling for anthony joshua which obviously joshua fury's not fighting which is beyond me why that's not fucking happening so wilder joshua would be a great fucking fight then also there's talk to wilder francis and gano i think for francis talking with his agent yesterday markel who who i absolutely adore markel i was like man Francis Deontay, now he's gonna be an underdog whether it's Fury or Deontay Wilder, but he'd be less of an underdog against Wilder. Fury has too much skill to just get clipped by that right hand early on. It'd be a very tough fight for Francis. Now if Francis lands, you know, who knows what would happen. But with Wilder, Wilder, you know, he'll, he'll play that game a little bit. Wilder has a big right hand, Francis has a big right hand. Sign me up. Yeah. It's a much better Exciting. still a probably a, probably a Plus 500 underdog at least. Fury's probably plus 2,000. You know, I like the Deontay Wilder fight for him. Deontay Wilder was like, if the money makes sense, the fight makes sense. I was like, all right, let's do it, my man. That'd be fun. It's all me predicated on the UFC coming to agreements with Francis because Francis, I think, wants to box, like do a Wilder fight and then fight John. And the UFC is saying, no, 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 we're going to resign you fight John and then maybe we'll be open to mm. boxing no no no! i want to box and then fight so that's the hold up we'll that's see what happens
1: yeah and that's by the way um it's official well not official official but i think ariel hawani posted after you mentioned it that the whole john jones thing with the Nganu, potentially december 10th or stipe ariel posted steeped. it like four days after you yeah, mentioned yeah. It. yeah 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 i'm sure i said the news and
0: then yep you broke guys do what journalists do and call and cover their bases i don't <laughs> I get from the horse's mouth, and then I don't double-check with anybody.
1: And sometimes it hits. Yep. All right, so UFC, obviously Mark Zuckerberg's been around the UFC for a little while now, but they've officially partnered up with them for something called Meta Live and on-demand events where they're doing virtual reality things for Fight Pass. And they did it for the first time at LFA. That just happened. And this is what it looks like. This is basically you walking through the arena. Do so now.
2: Go to your corners and come back ready I mean, Huge co weight action. Didn't even
0: have to. Now, the way metaverse up. works, that's a real fight, but it's they just take fight. you there. Yeah.
1: yeah. Interesting. So, uh, maybe it was a bunch of cameras. and it's pretty badass. Especially if it was like yeah, a big, cool. big fight. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. We knew something <laughs> was going to come between those two. Of course, yeah. And some quick fight, uh, quick bout announcements. Alexander Gustin and Ovin St. Pru. They'll be fighting UFC 282. That's that light heavyweight? Uh, yeah, it has to be. Let me double check. I think it's light heavyweight, though.
0: They both dabbled in heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, light heavyweight. Cool. That's a good fight.
1: Um, and also Jan Blokovic versus Oof. Magomed Ankaliyev.
0: Damn, December tenth is yeah. tasty. <laughs> uh, Magomed. Oh man, that's a tough fight for Jan.
1: Yep. Yeah. Fuck that. Magomed. That's a great fight
0: coming, though. dude.
1: Your boy Taito Tuivasa versus Sergey Pavlovich. That's a fight night in Orlando, December 3rd. And this is Pavlovich's record yeah, right Bam now. he's coming off that one over uh, the Black the Beast. Blues, yeah. And then yeah. Ty just lost to Cyril. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yuri Prohaska and Glover Teixeira too. That's official now for 282 as well. What's interesting about
0: that is I know they're waiting to see if Yuri's going to be the main event. If John said no, they're going to make Yuri the main event. Mm. If John was going to push it towards you know January, February and wait for Francis um then year would be the main event but it still sounds like john's on december 10th against Stepe. Oh, damn that's gonna be sick yeah main event co-main event
1: uh this is another uh it's not official but ryan Garcia and Javante davis has been going going back and forth on social media and it looks like they might have a fight in december and this is the the last thing they. i think this is the last thing he posted they both said done done deal, it yeah. done deal.
0: man it's a tough fight for ryan Garcia.
1: i know and Ryan's calling for it though. I know. Yeah. Maybe they see something. Ryan's a little beast, dude. Mm-hmm. That's um, tough. Fight. Yeah,
0: I love that fight though.
1: That's though, gonna be so exciting. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, great fight.
1: And just quick one on Aspen Lodge. She's gonna be fighting um Julia Bud. That's a solid BFL. fight. Yep.
0: I'd prefer to get a straight title shot, but whatever. <laughs>
1: Uh, this was—we already talked about this a little bit—but the whole slap fighting thing. Apparently, Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta are teaming up again to have that slap slap fighting thing happen in Nevada, and it's like in real talks now with the commission and everything.
0: And uh, slapping—that's just when they just stand there and slap each yeah. other,
1: right? And then they're—I'm—I'm I'm sure you met Craig Polygian. He's the guy that created Tough with them. Oh yeah, He's I like that exactly. producer yeah. guy. Yeah, he's the one who gave me my shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah for, so they're yeah. teaming Spike. up with him again too. So Let's they might see. be doing like a reality show. Who knows? Slapping—that's weird. <laughs> Um, this was weird. Hasbulla. You guys all know Hasbulla. Yeah, he posted, guy. he posted that he was officially signed to the UFC to fight. Right? Which obviously no one's going to really believe, but they're see this right here. And then he also is going to have his fight kit out for people to purchase. I think the fight kit might actually do well. I was going
0: to say, I'd never buy a fight kit, but I'd buy that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's just funny, yeah. yeah he's never going to fight. Um, yeah, I, you know, the ufc marketing team you know with hasbula you know obviously with his massive following his connection could be even then you know the the nelk boys stuff like that they're just doing to anything to get this younger generation
1: yeah i mean if it works it it's works dude. Yeah. yeah i
0: get it i get it no hate there
1: oscar de la hoya is picking jake paul to ko anderson silva interesting mm-hmm.
0: you say why that's a good fight oscar says I'm gonna go with Jake Paul. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jake Paul just because he seems like he's getting to the rhythm of things. He doesn't have too many fights, less boxing, hard worker, a lot of power. If he connects with Sylvie, he's gonna knock him out. If he touches Sylvie, he's gonna, he's going down. Everybody's going based on Sylvie did to Julio Cesar, Chavez Jr., and Tito Ortiz. Come on, I mean, Chavez Jr. wasn't even 20% himself. Okay, condition wise, physically just wasn't him. All right.
1: Yeah, so he believes Jake Paul will likely get the KO. And so the pay-per-view prices for that fight came in. Can you guess how much it is?
0: Jake doesn't want to ostracize his fan base. I'll say forty nine ninety
1: nine. Close enough, Fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, Jake's yeah. smart with that. And, okay, this is just... <laughs> I'll just play it for you. This is Bryce Mitchell talking about or jiu-jitsu practitioners in MMA.
2: So usually I get on here and I complain about the government, but today I'm going to complain about something even better, something that I... Know that I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to complain about jiu-jitsu. And, yeah, I love jiu-jitsu. I use it every time I'm in a fight, okay? But the problem with the sport of jiu-jitsu today is all y'all fight like a bunch of sissies. All, all y'all want to do is pull guard and go for leg locks. And, and I get it. That's great. You get your little gold medal. You get well, That's cool. You get your gold medal. You get to stand on the podium. Woo! Yeah, but when you get in a fight at walmart and you go for a leg lock you get stomped in the face and you get your teeth knocked out okay you get kicked right in the nuts your nuts are wide open okay you, you or the, the bad dude gets away runs away okay so get up off your ass and fight and i think the best jujitsu guy i've ever seen well andrew wilsey's a good one because he, he knows how to take people down andrew wilsey um nicky these are guys that fight like men okay they get up they get a hold of you they throw you to the ground and then proceed to do their jiu-jitsu all you other punks out there that, that are fought, starting to match on your butt and scooting at the guy y'all are sissies and and every one of y'all you need to stop fighting like chickens okay bunch of chickens out there bunch of
0: chicken shit get up off your ass and fight like a man nasty yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't like to start on anybody either. What's that? I don't like starting the how jiu jitsu. Yeah, I let them start on their butt. The the problem is too, you know, I don't know how many people are gonna get in fights at Walmart. Walmart can be like little, an actual street like, street. Walmart can be a little dicey. Mm-hmm. But also, I'll tell you right now, if it's an average Joe versus those guys that do those leg locks, trust me, that guy's not stomping anybody in the head. Mm. They're gonna rip his fucking Achilles heel off. Yeah, it's gonna be a nightmare.
1: Um, you, I think you talked about this outside, but so Tito Ortiz is saying that him and Chael Son have a fight. Yep. 2023?
0: Yep. February, Mm -hmm. 2023. I have more news for that uh, for you guys. I'm sure Frank allude to it when we do the fight campaign. Sweet. Break some news for you guys. I know the rest of the lineup as well.
1: (laughs) And let's just end on this then. Just a Mackenzie Dern appreciation thing. That's her. Do you see what I see? Good things coming soon. That's after her fight. Yeah. And she also looks very pretty. She's so pretty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. That's a good way to end it, Jen cool Jeez. and it was on a, on a positive note a dying <laughs> piece <clears throat> well kids lot uh, going on this weekend i will be in salt lake city utah this thursday friday saturday salt lake city then saturday live on thick boy at 12 uh, uh mountain time that'd be 11 a.m pacific time live on thick boy youtube we have a uh, salt lake city fight companion for you guys with myself and frank Manson, special guest. Um, As far as tour dates, uh, Salt Lake City this Thursday through Saturday. Wise guys one of my favorite clubs. Next week, Thursday, Calgary. Almost sold out Calgary rooftop. We added a second show on Friday at the rooftop. That's Thursday, Friday next week in Calgary, Canada. The Thick Boys will be up in Canada doing the damn thing. And then that Saturday, we have another Calabasas, an actual Calabasas fight campaign from my home turf, home studio, for the uh, Jake um, Paul-Anderson Silva fight. Um, so make sure you tune into that. And then November gets pretty Texas heavy. You got San Antonio at the LOL, one of my favorite clubs in San Antonio, November 3rd through the 5th. Houston, Texas, Houston Improv November 10th through, through, 10th through the 12th. Houston Improv, uh, Milwaukee, November 18th through the 19th. That's just Friday, Saturday, Milwaukee, because I can't leave Thursday. So uh, Milwaukee, November 18th, 19th. Houston, San Antonio, November Salt Lake City this week, Calgary, Canada next week, Thursday, Friday. Get your tickets at Thickboy.com. That's it, kids. I will see you guys Saturday uh, live on the Thickboy YouTube for the Salt Lake City Fight Companion with Frank Mayer for UFC 280. Enjoy the fights this weekend. I will see you Monday. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Love you guys. See ya. Oh, beautifully done We've
3: got a deep champion. We have entered the era of John Lineker. Now the challenges will come, but you better believe that man's going to be ready for them.
2: Oh, body kick! John Lineker, you are there! is a problem in the bantamweight division. I am the Crowd king,
1: and everybody knows it.
3: John Lineker touches you, he hurts you.
2: I'm coming for you, Joe Chicolink. Don't hide. Fabrício, o próximo. If you're in the
3: thick boys, like, subscribe, comment, and God bless
0: America. Well that's not my big one. Just kidding.